0: You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time.
0: Time for another
1: episode of Locked On Kings. Nope, I'm not going to talk about the standings. I'm not going to do it. Not going to talk about how close the Kings are to actually making a run at this play-in tournament. Not going to do it. Nope, you can't make me. I will talk about the Kings beating the Indiana Pacers 104-93 last night. Marvin Bagley's big game on today's Locked on Kings podcast. We'll look at both sides of the argument. Keeping Marvin Bagley versus trading Marvin Bagley. And you know which side of the fence I lean on there. So I'm going to take my personal opinions out of it. We're just going to look at both sides of the argument straight up for what they are. Look at the pros. Look at the cons. Answer any questions that pop up. It's all on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. Hello and welcome to Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in depth analysis, game by game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, Full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December. This is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports and now in beta version on Android. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento Sports Radio host for the last six years. This is season number seven for me, covering the Kings both as an on-air host and multimedia journalist. The Kings beat the Pacers last night, 104-93, and honestly, don't be fooled by that final score because it wasn't that close. The Kings were in full control of this game, really from start to finish, and a lot of that has to do with Marvin Bagley and the excellent game that he had. He came out of the gate Red hot, aggressive. He played against the Pacers last night the way I wanted to see him play against the Oklahoma City Thunder the night before. I'm going to spend all of next segment talking about Marvin Bagley. So while I'm going over this game, I'm not going to mention Bagley's numbers or anything like that. It's not because I'm ignoring him. It's because he's getting his own segment, uh, segment number two of Locked on Kings here today. But for the Kings, this is their fourth straight win, another win streak. And all four of these games, are on the road. The Kings go 4-0 during this four-game road trip. This is the first time the Sacramento Kings have won four straight road games since 2003. 2003, the last time the Kings won four straight road games. That's longer than the playoff drought. And yet this Sacramento Kings team, with De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, and Harrison Barnes out, has managed to accomplish what hasn't been done in Sacramento in 18 years. Just add that to the list of unexplainable things about the Sacramento Kings this season. Three straight games now for the Kings holding their opponents under 100 points. Sacramento is 6-0 and this season when holding opponents under 100 points. Now that stat isn't as eye-popping as it may seem because holding any NBA team under 100 points in today's NBA is extremely difficult to do. So the majority of the time, if you're able to hold a team under 100, you should be winning. So that 6-0 number maybe seems more glamorous than what it actually is, but it just goes to show that when this team is capable of playing a little bit of defense and creating stops, even if their offense isn't phenomenal, Look, the Kings are missing a massive bulk of scoring right now with Fox, Halliburton, and uh, Harrison Barnes out. I think it's like 53, 54 points per game on average they are missing on offense, but they're making up for it with their defensive play. In none of these four games have I said, oh wow, this Kings offense is unstoppable right now. They won 104-93 to 93 last night. They scored only 104 points. They barely scored over 100 against the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Kings are not just relying on offense and outscoring alone, and they're getting successful results. Now, it's also important to point out that the Kings are playing a Indiana Pacers team that is in turmoil right now. We'll talk about the incident between one of their assistant coaches and one of their players that happened on the sidelines last night. They also played the Oklahoma City Thunder, a team openly tanking, but the two other wins were against the Lakers with LeBron and AD and the Dallas Mavericks who they swept this season. I bring that up to say, no, the Kings aren't all of a sudden an amazing team who's holding phenomenal talent to under 100 points, even though they did the Dallas Mavericks, who granted were without Kristaps Porzingis. But also, based off the issue of Sacramento playing to the level of their competition and based off the fact that already multiple times this season, we've seen the Kings lose games like last night's Pacers game or like the Oklahoma City Thunder game the night before, to see him overcome it over these last couple nights has been great. I've been very pleased with what I've seen out of DeLon Wright, stepping up and running this team with Fox and Halliburton now. And DeLon Wright had another very... Impressive stat line last night, 23 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, also 6 steals in last night's game. He set the tone defensively that the rest of the team stepped up and matched. If that's the kind of production that you are capable of getting out of DeLon Wright off of your bench for next season, hell yeah, count me in as him being the Kings' backup point guard. And you know that in the event that something does happen to Fox or Halliburton, he can slot himself right into the starting lineup continue to run the team, and even make up for some of the statistical drop-off. No, 23-7-6-6 is not going to be a stat line for DeLon Wright on a nightly basis, but the fact that you know he can give it to you when you need it most, when you're lacking it from other players, what more can you ask for out of a backup point guard? I also loved the final stat line for Buddy Heald last night. Offensively, sure, he could have provided more, finishing with just 16 points, but he also had eight rebounds and eight assists. When Buddy Heald is giving you that much across-the-board production – you are going to be successful. And those are areas of growth in Buddy's game this season that I am so keen on pointing out. It is only fair that I point them out based off of the criticisms that I've had of Buddy to this point. Now, the Kings need more of that consistently from him and would love to get that kind of production from Buddy Healed while Fox and Halliburton are healthy, although I do understand that Buddy's opportunities to create those assist numbers aren't going to be as high with the amount of time the ball is in the hands of Fox and Halliburton. But I've enjoyed seeing DeLon Wright and Buddy Heald figure out and understand how to work together. I've enjoyed seeing Buddy Heald step up statistically outside of just scoring to help carry some of the load that has been left behind by the three major Kings injuries. It's what's led to this success. Now stepping away from the Kings a bit, there was an incident last night between an Indiana Pacers assistant coach and one of their players. Now, heading into this game, we had found out that there have been some locker room and coaching issues in Indiana, and rather than myself explain what's going on and try and figure out what's going on from the Sacramento perspective, I figured let me take a clip from Tony East. He is the host of the Locked on Pacers podcast. He and I did a crossover episode on yesterday's podcast before yesterday's game. Tony talked about last night's incident, including how it came about in detail on his podcast today. Here's a little snippet of that.
0: So here's what happens. Uh, Goga Batadze is the help defender on a Mo Harkless drive to the basket. And he does not slide over at all. Really, he kind of leans, not quick enough. Harkless scores. And assistant coach Greg Foster says something to him like, you got to play defense there, dude. Like, you you can't do that. Goga, on the other end of the floor, hits a three. And then tells Foster to sit the F down. Uh, I think we could all kind of read the lips on the broadcast and figure that out. And then the Kings, there was a foul and there was a TV timeout. And Foster, Greg Foster was heated, right, coming towards Goga. Uh, I have the full clip on my Twitter. Scott Agnes has it broken down on his. Uh, Wob tweeted it as well. It's all over. If you want to find it, the clip is on the internet. But Greg Foster goes over to confront Goga and he is heated. He's yelling something. To the point that Miles Turner has to come over and intervene. He he cuts him off and, and pushes him back and says, "No, don't do that." He doesn't. You, you can't tell he said that, but you know it, he's saying, you know, don't go closer and trying to separate them. Foster goes closer and then gets pulled away again by another assistant coach. At one point, Calbert Cheney, the assistant coach, is keeping him away. Jeremy Lamb is clearly verbally arguing with Foster this entire time. Eventually, he get separated from them, and some other players' body language during all this, like Sabonis walked away from the exchange, Karis Levert just sitting on the bench, was really odd. It was super weird. Um, It was just a super weird exchange. That kind of stuff doesn't really happen that often. And, like, heated exchange happens, happens all the time between players and coaches, and Bjorkren, after the game when asked about it, was kind of like... Look, I know what happened. First of all, he said he talked to both Foster and Batadze between the game and our media session, but was going to talk to them more further. So there might be more to come from this in the future. But as of now, he has spoken with both of them. And he he said it was just a kind of like a heat of the moment frustration thing. And that's a like that's a wild heat of the moment frustration thing. You know, we don't see again, we see like spats between players and coaches, but they don't get to the point of like other guys coming in and separating them. That's what makes it seem a bit more intense. Uh to me, which was very odd, um, but yeah, just calling it frustrating and competitive juices flowing, I think, is a phrase he said. You know that that's how Bjorken described it, but it looked way more heated than that, to the point of separation. And Miles Turner went and put his arm around Goga. Goga admitted it was his fault in the huddle with the team. So we'll see if anything comes from that. Uh, Jay Michael was reporting in the Star that assistant coaches are involved in some of the communication issues with Bjorkren. So certainly this coming the same day as that is fascinating.
1: Just a wild incident, something that doesn't look good. I, I'm hoping the Pacers organization can figure that out because I'm a fan of the organization. I've always liked the Pacers in the Eastern Conference and they have some solid talent. I would hate for it to be pushed out because of, uh, disgruntled players or issues in the locker room. I'm also rooting for head coach Bjorkson as a new head coach in the NBA. I want him to be successful because I think that's good for him. That's good for coaches. That's good for the league overall. So I'm rooting for him to be successful. However, I will say it's nice that the Kings to an extent do not have to worry about a problem like this because of some of the qualities of head coach Luke Walton. Now I know Walton has his weaknesses. I don't know if Walton's going to be back next season. I know a lot of fans would like to see Walton gone and aren't, Big fan of him as a basketball X's and O's head coach. But Walton's ability to manage personalities, being a player coach, being able to relate to players and build strong relationships with them as a foundation of his coaching, that's extremely important in the modern NBA. And what's happening in Indiana is a perfect example of when you coach with too much vigor and aggression and don't treat personality management as significantly as you should. Before we get into the in-depth conversation about Marvin Bagley and his performance last night, today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast is brought to you by Headspace. Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that helped you sleep, focus, act, and be better? There is, and if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. Whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you that I have used multiple times, by the way, while at work. If you need some help falling asleep, Headspace has wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule, anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel better. And Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash locked on NBA. That's headspace.com slash locked on NBA for a free one month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Again, headspace.com slash locked on NBA today. All right, so we're going to look at the game that Marvin Bagley had last night, an excellent game. And we're going to then transition into a conversation about this upcoming offseason. You know I've spent a lot of time over the last few weeks, really since the trade deadline, talking about how I believe it is a priority for the Sacramento Kings to try and move on from Marvin Bagley this summer if they can get a halfway decent return. I want to clarify one thing there before we go any further, and that's that I am not supportive of the Kings just giving Marvin Bagley away for nothing. I would a million times rather the Kings hold on to Marvin and try and make it work if they can, especially if they do not get any kind of valuable return for a player who, yes, is a former number 2 overall pick and does have his injury issues, but still has a ton of potential and can provide dominant nights like what we saw last night in Indiana. But from this point on, for the sake of this conversation today, I'm going to take my opinions and my thoughts out of it. We're just looking at both sides of the argument, keeping Marvin Bagley, the pros and cons to that, and the questions with that, and comparing that to trading Marvin Bagley this summer, the pros and cons of it, and the questions there as well. Then it's up to you to decide which side you think is better. And who knows, maybe through doing exercises like this, I will be less eager to trade Marvin. I certainly feel a lot better about keeping Marvin today than I did before his performance last night in which he scored 31 points, 12 rebounds in 35 minutes. He set the tone on the offensive end, while DeLon Wright set the tone on the defensive end. Bagley also, statistically, has been great on the offensive end in all four of these games, this four-game road trip since he's returned in that Laker game. And it's good to see the Kings having success in the win column on nights where Bagley is successful. Because how many times in his career have we seen Marvin have a good statistical night, but it end up being a loss? Now, I never held that against Marvin, but it opened the door to an easy, in my opinion, lazy argument that in games where Marvin was strong statistically, the Kings as a team weren't great. There has been none of that during this four-game road trip. And on top of that, as good as he's been on offense, I think Marvin's been solid defensively. Not great, not phenomenal, but not a liability like we've seen far too many times in this campaign. Also, one final point of clarification, there is going to be no point during this conversation where Marvin Bagley's family and what his dad may or may not have said on social media is going to play any part. This is just about Marvin Bagley, the player, take all family context and off-the-court context other than his injury issues out of play here. Some believe it matters more than others. I don't think his father's comments are meaningless, nor do I think they speak for Marvin himself. But for the sake of this exercise, and really for the sake of our thinking when it comes to Marvin Bagley heading into this summer, I think it's best we take his family and their opinions out of it. So let's look at the argument for keeping Marvin Bagley. Marvin still has very high potential that has not gone away with his injury issues. That has not gone away with other players that were picked after him in the draft who have already had significantly better careers and more than likely will have better careers than Marvin. That has zero effect on the high potential that Marvin has potential that has been on full display multiple times in his career, but especially last night. We know that Marvin Bagley is a walking double-double when he gets the minutes. Now, do those minutes come as a starter? Do they come off the bench? Do they come uh, as a power forward, as a center? Those are still questions ultimately to be answered. But the potential is there for Marvin Bagley to not only potentially be an all-star in this league one day, but to be an excellent fit for Sacramento, a good fit for the style of play the Kings want to have. Fast-paced, pick-and-rolls, guard-big-man combinations. I still think that Marvin Bagley and De'Aaron Fox's on-court chemistry and their 1-2 play needs to get better, but we saw Bagley and Halliburton have a lot of success together at multiple times during this season. The potential is there, the fit is there, and we know the numbers can come with the minutes. Then let's look at the overall improvement of Marvin Bagley over his career, because this is where I think he is undermined the most. Because of the inconsistent playing times, it's hard for a player to develop, but Bagley has developed, and the growth of Marvin Bagley as a three-point shooter, and I think the growth of Marvin Bagley as a defender this season, have been significant. Bagley still has a long way to go, especially in the defensive category. I'm not saying that all of a sudden Marvin is going to be a capable defender. He's still below average, but I think he's capable of getting to average, and that's really all the Kings need from him at that position. If the Kings had this roster, the core of this roster, worked their way to an average defender status, Fox average, Halliburton average, although both of them have the capability of being above average, Bagley average, Rashawn Holmes average, Buddy Healed, average, If the Kings were an average defensive team, I think they'd be a 500 or maybe even a bit above a 500 team. Really, I believe that. The problem is, they're the worst defense in history. Bagley, of course, does have a lot to do with that. But if I look at Bagley and his comfort on the defensive end, his understanding of defensive sets from the start of the season all the way to last night, and look at how Bagley has rejoined the team after being away from the team, which I still don't understand but he has come back and in these four games has looked more comfortable on the defensive end than really he has at any point this season. That is progress worthy of pointing out. And his three-point shot just looks a lot more smooth to now you have to respect Bagley as a three-point shooter. And on top of that, he shoots the ball with confidence. And that's all I can ask from him. But what about the questions for Marvin if you're going to keep him? Where does he fit into the rotation? Great question. Like I said, is he a four or is he a five? Can he work long-term with Rashawn Holmes at that five spot? We saw a good chunk of it at the beginning of the season. As a starting lineup, statistically, the Kings fared well. But there are clear fit concerns when it comes to those two playing together in a starting front court, not to mention the concerns of Bagley and Buddy starting together with their defensive issues. Is Marvin Bagley okay with coming off the bench? Doesn't have to be the rest of his career, but short-term, going into next season, if the Kings decide to hold on to Marvin, would he accept a sixth-man dominant scorer role? I think he could excel in that position, but we know in the past, Bagley has taken issue with not being in the starting lineup. And finally, and I touched on this already a little bit with he and Buddy Heald, can he coexist with other players without being a defensive liability? If Marvin Bagley and Buddy Heald are still on the team next season and they're going to continue to start together, can they get to a point where both of their defensive issues aren't so bad that it undermines the offensive potential for the lineup? Because we saw that lineup score a lot of points. We've seen the Kings score a lot of points throughout this season. The problem is they were giving up more. That's the keep him side of things. Now let's look at the trade him side. Number one, and it's a big one, Marvin Bagley is owed $11 million next year, and then he becomes a restricted free agent. He goes into a negotiation period where I don't know how much leverage Bagley has. I don't know how much leverage the Kings have. Who knows if a team is going to swoop in and offer him more money just to take on that project because maybe they'll have the cap space at that point in time. With the struggles of Marvin Bagley to this point, with the unreliability of Bagley, which we'll talk about next, How much money do you want to invest in that? Because you're going to have to pay a decent amount to keep him on your roster, even if he hasn't quite lived up or earned that amount yet in his career. That's just the way it goes with the number two overall pick who is still young and has a high upside. The biggest issue with Marvin Bagley in my mind, and this is what every team has to take into account, is the fact that he's not reliable yet. He's not reliable for the amount of money he's being paid for the importance in your maybe offensive system, in your starting lineup. You cannot rely on Marvin Bagley due to his unfortunate injury history, which leads to a question. How many games on average should you expect Marvin Bagley to play for you a season in a normal 82 game season? What 50, 45, 60, whatever that number is that affects his significance and importance To the team, to their strategies, to their sets, because as the cliche goes, the best ability is availability. For the Kings specifically, does Marvin Bagley's timeline of development match the rest of the team? I would say he and Tyrese Halliburton are either neck and neck, or Tyrese Halliburton has the advantage at this point in time. Marvin has been set back, he's going into his fourth year in the league but in my mind, he's still in year two or three development-wise because of the amount of time that he has missed. But the Kings are in a position to where they want to compete as early as next season. And if Bagley is going to be an important piece of the team, he doesn't have to match De'Aaron Fox or even Tyrese Halliburton, but he has to be able to keep up. Can Marvin Bagley keep up with that? Will his development keep up with that? Or will he still be a year or two behind to where the Kings have to manage a core that wants to compete right away with a potentially great additional piece to that core who is a year or two away. Can you get Bagley to a place where statistically he is playing at his full potential and that consistently impacts winning? Not just empty stats on a box score at the end of the season or after a loss. If Marvin Bagley is going to put together These high 20s, even 30 points stat lines featuring 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 rebounds, are those numbers coming in garbage minutes at the end of a loss? Or are they leading to a double digit victory in tandem with the numbers that Fox, Halliburton, and the rest of the team are putting up? And finally, does keeping Marvin Bagley force out Rashawn Holmes? And if you have to make a decision between the two, do you pick the younger guy with a ton of potential who hasn't been reliable versus the older guy who has proven to be reliable, very consistently reliable, who you might not be able to afford unless you moved on from Bagley's $11 million that he's owed next year? That's the trade him side of things. Keep him or trade him. Weigh both arguments and tell me where you lean at this point in time. And we'll keep revisiting this throughout the offseason until a decision is made. But let me know at Matt George Radio on Twitter or email me, mgeorge at This episode of the Locked On Kings podcast is brought to you by Bet Online, the official sports gambling partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, NFL, and all your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch or tip-off, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information, not to mention some fun prop and future bets don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the nba playoffs head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit when using promo code locked on have fun make some money take advantage of the locked on bets podcast here on the locked on podcast network to make money on bet online your online sportsbook experts Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes like Fiat, Kia, and models, Pacifica, XT5, it is now impossible to stock all of the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? I don't even know what that means. And why wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand that his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than the changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login you can get the exact parts that you need at the click of a button They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com I hate that I'm doing this, but I know some of you are starting to believe again I can feel the buzz in the air in Sacramento about the Kings' chances to actually make the play-in tournament. Look, I still have no faith in this team's ability to get it done, and I will continue to feel that way even if the Kings do get it done. Until it happens, I'm not going to believe it. That's just where I'm at. That being said, I would love to be proved wrong. I put the Kings' chances to bed over a week ago. I still think their chances are done. But all of a sudden, with this four-game win streak and their upcoming schedule, yes, it is still a possibility. As of right now, the Kings sit at two and a half games back of the San Antonio Spurs in the 10th spot. That is their last chance to make it into the play, and there's no way they're catching the Warriors in 9th. And, of course, the Kings play the Spurs tomorrow night inside the Golden 1 Center. Both teams are 1-1 one and one against each other so far this season. The Kings win that game. They're a game and a half back heading into back-to-back games against the Oklahoma City Thunder, followed by back-to-back games against the Memphis Grizzlies, and then their season ends against the Utah Jazz. Don't ask me to make a prediction. Don't ask me to talk about it more than this. I'm just sharing the situation with you. That's what it is. That's it. I'm not going to talk about it anymore because I don't want to be a jinx. I don't want my heart broken again. I ain't doing it. Nope, not doing it. I will, however, head over to Tankathon and update you on the current draft lottery standings for the Sacramento Kings. They're still in the ninth spot. However, their hold over 10th and 11th is just one game. Just one game over 10th and 11th, Washington and New Orleans. If the Kings do magically make the play-in, that would be great, but they're more than likely falling out of the top 10 of draft lottery odds. Let's simulate the draft lottery today and see if the Kings get any luck here on Locked on Kings. Nope, they stay at 9th. The Chicago Bulls move up six spots and win the draft lottery. Also, today is day 14 of the 10-14 to day health and safety protocol. For De'Aaron Fox. He had no word on if he has COVID. If he is around someone who has COVID. We don't know any of that. But we do know this is day 14. So in theory. Fox should be back and available. For the Kings. Tomorrow night. We haven't heard any reason to believe that. There's also. A good chance that Chemezi Metu. Could be available for the Kings in this game. Which would be great news. Speaking of great news, on tomorrow's Locked on Kings podcast, I'm going to be joined by Sacramento Kings legend and current television broadcaster, Doug Christie. He'll be back with me here on the Locked on Kings podcast. I can't wait to talk to him about the ups and downs of the season. Going to talk a lot about defense, defensive philosophies. If there's anything you would like me to ask Doug about or talk to Doug about, please let me know at Matt George Radio on Twitter or email me mgeorgeatsaclocalmedia.com. Join me for that podcast tomorrow. Share Locked on Kings with your Kings fan friends in your life or even just basketball fans who maybe are looking for an entertaining way to follow one of the uh, most battered teams and battered fan bases in all of professional sports invite them over let's have some fun I can't wait to talk to you tomorrow until then my name is Matt George you have been listening to Locked On Kings part of the Locked On Podcast Network you are Locked On Kings your daily Sacramento Kings podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network your
0: team every day